Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Trust the buzz here if you're new to the channel. I make sure I love this content. So if that interests you, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button down below. If you cannot tell by the thumbnail or title of this video, in today's video, we're talking about how the Charlotte Hornets have won four. Yes, I said it four game straight. Tonight they won 115 to 107 against the Utah Jazz. Um, it was it was a road game. It was the first time that the Hornets have beat the Utah Jazz in Utah since like 2006. So that's like an 18-year record. That is insane. The Hornets were the Bobcats at the time. But tonight, it it felt like a special game. I mean, I know the win obviously makes it special for a multitude of different reasons. Really going, you know, being on a four-game winning streak and also breaking that terrible, terrible record of 18 years of not winning in Utah. But what made this game so special and you it just just the whole game itself was special was just the back and forth between the Hornets and the Jazz and how things at times were going right for the Hornets as far as they were hitting their shots. They were they I, I don't think at any point they were getting calls, but the 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 the, the referees weren't against them at some point, but most of the time they were. That that that's really what it felt like. And I'm not only someone that does not blame the refs, but it seemed pretty one-sided in tonight's game. But no matter what was going on, the Hornets were just able to bounce back and keep steady. And that's something that we've always wanted from this team, even at times where we felt as though, look, this isn't our best team. We just want to see some type of product on the floor. Can you give us that? Can we stop being down 30 um, as soon as the third quarter started? And tonight, I'll say this is probably the worst third quarter that we've had with the new guys. And if, I mean, if you've been watching the whole season, you would know that the third quarter has been really giving us trouble. But I think this time in the third quarter, I, I mean, the refs, the calls weren't were completely against us in that in, in that quarter. But also, we weren't hitting easy shots. It wasn't like the shots weren't there. It wasn't like the Jazz were playing as just amazing defense. We just weren't hitting, and th- that's going to happen. It's a make or miss league, so I wasn't really upset about that. But I was just like, okay, here we go. Let's see how we bounce back. And we bounce back to get the win. Uh, what I, One thing I really liked about this win before we really get into the stats is how balanced the game was. So, like, through the first three quarters, it was like, okay, someone needs to break out and really take us over the, over the top. Someone needs to break out and really separate us from, you know, the Jazz or, or actually we were down. So, at least bring the game close. Someone just needs to get hot. And in that fourth quarter, what Grant Williams and Miles Bridges were able to do is just it, it, the words cannot explain just how clutch they were and how I mean, really, they weren't doing it. Well, Grant, at least, wasn't doing anything special. He was just picking and popping. But the Jazz did not have an answer for that, especially considering, you know, you have three seven footers, roughly. Kind of Jason Collins or uh, uh, John Collins isn't necessarily uh, seven feet, but you have roughly three seven footers on the floor at any almost any given time, considering um, Walker Kessler. And then they also, uh, Taylor Hendricks started tonight, uh, the, the, the forward wing from uh, UCF. He's out also has some height on him and some size. So 
they at all times it seems as though they had some type of like double big or triple big uh, rotation, and the Hornets was just able to make them pay. I I, I went back and watched um, the game before the All Star break where the Jazz played the the uh, Golden State Warriors in Utah, and what really did it for the Warriors? Now they almost gave that game away, but what really did it for the Warriors was that they were able to play that five out, and that's exactly what we were able to do. And what was important in that was that Draymond was hitting shots. I think Grant Williams is a better shooter than Draymond, uh, but Draymond was able to hit shots that kept them honest. And then also we know Draymond's just a phenomenal basketball mind, so him being able to pick you know the defense apart with his playmaking and just just his eyes and having people think he's going one way and then he goes the other way as far as passing it, it he was really able to manipulate the defense. Now, while we, I'll, actually, I'll take that back because as we'll get into talking about the players, we don't necessarily have that from that position as far as Grant Williams, Miles Bridges, uh, we can say Brandon Miller, but he's a rookie, so you never know. But as of right now, like tonight, we don't really have that the, the Draymond aspect where they can play make from the top of the key by pulling the big out and then people cut. That's how the Warriors were, were beating the Jazz. That's essentially what they did was they, they would make you play up. You couldn't sit in there because obviously five seconds. So the whoever was the center or the big, because sometimes they would put Walker Kessler over there on the wing, they would have to come up and then everybody would cut in behind them and they weren't able to stop because it's not like uh, – uh, Colin Sexton's that great of a defender. It's not like Jordan Clark is that good of a defender. It's not like Keontae George is that good of a defender. So they were just cutting on them and, and making them pay that way. And then, you know, of course, you have Steph Curry. Clay Thompson went crazy that game. But anyway, the point is the Hornets were able to do that, but in a different aspect. While I said it was important that Draymond was able to hit shots to allow the Hornets, I mean, allow the Warriors to keep doing that, what worked for the Hornets tonight was that essentially Grant Williams just kept hitting shots. So what Draymond was able to do with his playmaking, Grant Williams was able to do tonight for us by hitting shots. And we saw just how impactful that was for the, for the game. Because the one thing about the Utah Jazz is with, with all that size, they I think they're one of the best teams when it comes to blocking shots. I think they're top five. So, of course, you don't want to go straight at them. So we have to manipulate their defense in some way, shape, or form. And I feel like we were able to do that because we were able to go five out. It really didn't hurt us too much on the defensive end. There were some times, you know, we weren't getting rebounds and whatnot, but it it killed them uh, on their defensive end, on our offense. And, I mean, it showed. We ended up winning the game. So... I'm just really glad that that kind of worked and I was able to see some of the patterns that what the Warriors was doing compared to what we were doing. So um, I'm glad that worked out um, because while, once again, we weren't able to have like the cuts and all of that, we were able to kind of just get guys open because it, the, 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 their defense was just so spread out. So as far as like individual performers, as I said, for the longest time, it was pretty steady. And I think that's a good recipe of, for success. Uh, so like, for example, uh, right now, like Brandon Miller had, was six for 16. He didn't shoot that well, but he had 16 points, five assists and three rebounds. But Brandon Miller, it, you didn't need, it was one of those games where I'm not going to sit here and defend his six for 16. Of course, he needs to shoot better. He knows that. We all know that. But it, it was one of those games where you're, you don't really even notice that he's shooting that poorly, which I'm, I'm not even, I don't even care to, to me. I, how you shoot, as long as it's not consistent, you're going to have bad games, as we, as we just said earlier, to make or miss league. But 
it was one of those games where you didn't even notice he was shooting that poorly. There was also some times I thought he got fouled. I'm not going to make excuses for him, but you get the point. There was, it was one of those games where he was doing so much. Like there was that one time Keontae tried to throw it over him. He tapped it and was able to get the ball. And I think they, that ended up in a score. So there was a, yeah, that was the one where I, he got the ball. And then he was what one-on-one with uh, Chris Dunn and ended up getting fouled. But either way, the point is, it was one of those games that everybody kind of contributed in their own way. So, yes, Brandon Miller didn't have the best stat line. Brandon Miller didn't have the 30-point game that we're used to him having at certain times, especially in situations like this. But since the new guys, now that they are able to spread the love and spread the joy and spread the scoring, I think that has helped his game more so than when he has to, when he's literally forced to drop 30 because we saw, I want to say it was against the Raptors, the game we lost against the Raptors at home. Brandon Miller and Jamal's Bridges were they, they almost dropped like 40 apiece. But at the end, when it mattered the most, they were gassed. What happened tonight? They didn't have to do that. It was a pretty in fact, like I said, I was waiting for someone to kind of break out and really one catch us up because at the time we were behind and didn't exceed us and have us, you know, take this victory home. And I was like, who's who's it gonna be? And both Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller had the juice to finish that game. Now, Miles Bridges really did a bulk of it. And then, of course, like I said, Grant Williams. But that that is a good problem to have. It allows Brandon Miller to really develop. I feel like it allows him to not uh, just adopt bad habits trying to save the game. Because we know how much winning means to him. We know how much winning now for sure means to the team. Um, it, so I think that it, it is good for him to be able to have these guys to rely on and kind of him just play his game. And then Cody Martin, I mean, he started off at point guard, did not like that. That's something that we could we we can talk about real quick. I, I didn't really care for Cody Martin playing at point guard. He had two really, really early turnovers, both trying to get the ball to Brandon Miller. And I, I don't know what necessarily happened, um, but both passes just looked off the mark. And then there was one where he tried to, like, dump it off, and it didn't work either. I, for, I think it was to Nick Richards, and it just didn't look good. Cody Martin, I think, is a very good I, – okay, I'll say this. I believe Cody Martin is only going to be as good as the team. The team is getting better. Cody Martin does seem to play better. One thing I will say is that I feel as though maybe we can get what he does for cheaper. And, uh, and then, you know, as we're go- slowly building this team, and at this point I feel like it's just little nuances you want to fix here and there and kind of optimize the best way you can, I feel as though we might can replace him for something cheaper. Now, is it is do I know what's out there? No. Um, it it is it worth forcing a move just because it's like, oh, well, we're paying to make million. Let's try to make it, you know, less and, and settle. No, I don't think it's worth it that either. But uh, all I'm saying is that the opportunities out there and, and the owners and the, whoever the new GM and coach are, if they're sure that's, you know, someone they can pick up and take and do what Cody Martin does, then by all means, I'm, I'm not against it at all whatsoever because I do feel like his his performance can be done by somebody else, like I said, for a little cheaper. But I'm I'm not going to force it because I do feel like this is the recipe of the team. We can talk about that a little bit later. But Cody Martin at point guard, no, I I know that you know they don't want Misich um, to to necessarily start. I guess because that will leave like no guards on the bench outside of Seth Curry. So maybe that's why I know you can stagger the minutes, but I, I I'm assuming that's why at least move Trey Mann to the point guard and and figure it out that way. Just for my sanity, that would help. Miles Bridges, as I mentioned, he had a he had a great game. At one point, he was seven for seventeen. He finished the game for 10, 10 of twenty, uh, shooting four for six from three. 26 points, fourteen rebounds, and four assists. Miles Bridges was just doing Miles Bridges thing. He has looked more. He 
what I like about this version of Miles Bridges is that in the past he was just so good, so athletically gifted. I, it's kind of obvious that athleticism has dwindled down a little bit, and probably a lot of that is just missing so much time. But what I've liked about this, you know, basketball version of Miles Bridges is that he's finding other ways to do to impact the game. It's not just reliant on his athleticism. He's making smarter plays. I think he looks a little more agile. I know that athleticism is not there, but he just looks a little more nimble out there on the floor. And I think he's just looking to make better plays. He looks like he has a little bit of better touch as well. Sometimes he misses the easiest shots and he says it. I mean, it's obvious. Sometimes he misses the easiest shots, but for the most part, I think he has a really good touch. And he just adds, to me, It's a he has a little more finesse to his game than he had in years past. And maybe because he knows that his athleticism is not quite where exactly where he wants it to be, he's still relatively young. So I think that's something he can get back. I truly think it's just he doesn't have his legs. He missed the first 10 games. He missed a whole year. It takes time. So... I think he'll get back to, you know, those levels where it's like highlights, Miles Bridges, but he's still doing it, but in a more finesse way. And I like that because that, to me, finesse adds a little bit more longevity to your game. And like I said, he's adding that with better IQ plays. I think that's a match made in heaven. He's going to get his bag this summer. Hopefully it's from us. Um, Nick Richards, I I like, okay, so like this is one thing I'll say. And I kind of speed this up as we're, as we're going. I like Nick Richards. I have really nothing wrong nothing bad to say about Nick Richards. I just think his IQ is a little off. Like there was a point where uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter, uh, him and Brandon Miller were running a pick and roll and Brandon Miller, as soon as the pick hit, he went to the left and tried to like cut towards the basket and will drive towards the basket. And Nick Richards literally cut down the middle and brought his man to uh, Brandon Miller. And then Brandon Miller, I don't remember if he got fouled or turned it over. It was one of the two, but either way, it just it just made it difficult because why are you bringing your person and you see that I'm I'm literally attacking the basket things like that is what kind of bothers me about Nick Richards as well as his hands I feel as though he's not it's like what they tell wide receiver tight ends all the time in football I think he's too busy thinking about what he's going to do with the ball next instead of just focusing on catching the ball because sometimes he the easiest passes he just drops them and just is is just not able but he has all the physical tools. Um, uh, he has some key, key blocks. Even one I thought definitely was a goaltend, and uh, they look at it, and I, I didn't think it was. I was like, no, that looks like a clean block. But in real time, I thought it was it was a goaltend. But Nick Richards, I think he does a lot of good things. He has literally absolutely what it takes to be a top three backup big in the league. I, I, I said it. I think it's fact. He's on an, ex- an exceptional deal, which if he's three, his deal kind of would make him one. Or if he's – you know what I mean? If if he does reach the levels of top three backup big, his deal will make him one, depending on who you would clarify as the I can't think on top of my head, but depends on who you clarify as the number one backup big. I think if Nick Richards can solidify himself at three, his deal will make him the best. But it's really just kind of it. Um, our pick and roll game is not as strong as you would want it to be, because, but it's just strange because he's so tall. He's so strong. I don't know what's not clicking. Maybe we'll see something with uh, LaMelo. Most of the time when Michis is in, um, he's, it's usually the five-out lineup. 
I, there are times where it is with Nick Richards and they still don't really use the pick and roll like that. We'll see. That's something we do need to work on, I feel as though. But maybe with Mark Williams, it'd be different. Because I do, I think Mark Williams, as we were talking about Miles earlier, I do feel like Mark Williams is a little more nimble uh, uh, than Nick Richards is. So maybe that has something to play into it. This, this, the role is a little more smooth um, as opposed to like kind of just power focus when it's Nick Richards. Nothing wrong with that, but I do feel like there's some things he needs to touch up on. And then Trey Mann. I mean, Trey Mann had an excellent game. He, he just does all the small things. He does all the small things, and he does it effectively. Um, he's he's rebounding. He had a huge, huge offensive rebound late in the game, and that was that was big for us. Uh, he's, he sees the floor. He he does that runaround thing that Ishmith does, but it, the results of it are so much better because he actually is looking. He has the ability to score. So when you're defending him, you don't know what he's going to do. So with Ishmith, you knew he was just going to run around and maybe. Try to do that, like that that step back in the mid range. With Trey, man, you have no idea. Like, because if the if the corner's open, he's running to the corner. You have to rush out there and guard him because he will put up the shot. If you you know commit too hard, he can cut back and then just go for a layup, or he can just find the open man because I think he's an excellent. He does an excellent job of reading the floor, and he the way he does it because it's like I said, it's literally the same move as Ishmael. It's not any different, but. The way he does it is a lot more smoother, and it seems a lot more calculated. Now, I don't know if Ishmael was doing that because of height disadvantage, and you know he knows that he gets bumped or he's old. There's a lot of different reasons, but watching Trey Mann kind of do this maneuver compared to Ishmael, it does. It just seems a little more calculated. It just seems a little more paced. It seems a little more calm. And that fits his demeanor, so maybe that easily could be it. But I, I like when he does it because it actually seems as though he's scanning the floor, as opposed to Ishmael at like, "This is the guy I'm going to pass to. I'm going to this. I'm going to do this, and I'm expecting this guy to be here." Type of thing. That that's kind of was the difference. Is the difference to me? But Trey Man overall, the huge, huge two step backs in the in the first half. Um, yeah, he he just, he really just does it all. Whatever the team needs that quarter, he does. I would like to see his minutes staggered a little better i think he played like the whole first quarter then i don't think he played at all in the second quarter and he was kind of in and out um for the remainder of the game and then he didn't really close the game in this particular game i can kind of see because you still needed me just to be out there but you also needed cody martin because you wanted the offense to kind of keep flowing but you needed that defense to prevent the you know the Jazz from really coming back. So I kind of got it. If Steve Clifford continues to play it by game, then I'm okay with it. We'll see. I really now that I think about it, I need to go back and look and see how it was handled in previous games. I know that I think he didn't close like a couple of games, but I need to kind of see what was the scenario. Either way, Trey Mann, excellent player. Love what I saw from him. Uh, Grant Williams, as I mentioned, had the big game. He had a big game. He being able to hit those open shots, being able to kind of body up Larry Markin. Because Larry Markin, I mean, he had he was 5 or 14 from the game. And now Larry Markin has such an impact where it definitely seemed like he shot better than that. But I think Grant Williams did an excellent, excellent job of guarding Larry. He just did not make it easy. He was physical, and he turned around, like I said, and then would trail, and then just, boom, pick and pop three. Pick a pop three. And it wasn't even in the same spot. It was like kind of all over the you know deep perimeter. So, just shout out to Grant Grant Williams. I think he played some excellent defense that, of course, was hitting his shots. And then here's the thing that Grant Williams does that I feel like we have not done, and he sells fouls. If he gets fouled, you will know he gets fouled. And in today's NBA, I know that some people complain about it, but in today's NBA, I'm starting to see 
it, it, and I'm trying. I need to go and make sure it's not my bias for the team, of course. But I'm starting to see why more and more players kind of exaggerate those fouls because we we've, we've been through. I mean, last season we didn't do it. Beginning of this season we didn't do it. We don't get foul calls like that, but nobody on our team, I think, exaggerates fouls. I even and that was like a fault I had of uh, like Lamelo because he would get fouled. And last year, I think this year he's done a better job. But last year he would just get up and go down the court. He might say something, but it wasn't like okay, I'm I'm fouled. Let me say like let me really get in their face and not necessarily say anything bad, but let me really let them know instead of kind of saying like no foul and then moving on. He's gotten better at it this year. But, yeah, I think we're not exaggerating calls. Grant Williams does that, and I think that's huge. It's, it's super small, but we see how it changes momentum. It happens against us all the time. We'll be on, like, some type of run, and this is even pre-Drey uh, deadline. We'll be on some type of run, and then they'll get a couple calls their way because they're exaggerating, and it, it kills our momentum, and then, you know, the game goes from there. I think that having someone that can kind of play, you know, into the arms of the refs and kind of get us some calls, to, whether it's to slow down the game to catch up, slow down the game to catch our breath, Either way, it slows down the game and kind of shifts your momentum even a little bit, no matter what the score is. Good to have someone that can, that knows how to do that. I wish more of our players did it, especially Miles, considering um, you know the way he's he's how often he's attacking the basket. Brandon Miller too, because he gets fouled a lot and doesn't get a few calls. So anyway, shout out to Grant Williams. Excellent, excellent game. He had zero rebounds, zero rebounds. But he still had a great impact because I think one thing that's you know misunderstood is one, you're going already marking out on a perimeter. Two, he did a good job of guarding whoever he needed to guard and then box them out. The ball wouldn't get to them, get to him to where he can bring it down, but it allowed everybody else to rebound. And since our team is just stacked of rebounders, it, it's a little easier. And I can't I can't wait till Lamelo and Mark come back because I think we'll be one of the better rebounding teams in the league. I'm I'm and I'm not even exaggerating. Um Bertans. He unfortunately got injured in this game with a hyperextended left knee. And I think, you know, and we'll and we'll wrap this up because I don't want the video to be too long. Plus, I gotta do the podcast. So uh anyway. Bertans, huge. He had nine huge points. He left with hyperextended knee. It was kind of late, mid-fourth quarter, so maybe they were just being precautious because we do play the Warriors tomorrow. Um, but, I mean, it, the, the, the price tag for Bertans is frustrating because, like I said, January 10th of next year, his contract becomes fully guaranteed, so it goes from like the 4.5 or $5 million to $16 million. But... His value is unmatched. I don't know where else you're going to find that. And, and the beauty of it is he doesn't have to hit. He's just a threat. He gets on the floor, he's a threat. Because he's not the stationary catch-and-shoot guy. He's running off picks. He's flying down the court on transition. Uh, he does a lot. He even has a little active hands on defense. You know, Berton's defensive player of the year. I'm kidding. Uh, but you get the point. He, he's just a threat. And if the team doesn't have anything better to do with the money and they don't want to force a move, I'm all for just saying, hey, we'll guarantee you. It's it's a lot for sure, but that I, I'm i not willing. For, like for Cody Martin, I'm willing to, you know, maybe miss out on some, some, some of his upside if we can bring in a player close in caliber. What Bertans is able to do at the level he's able to do it I, it doesn't match the price tag, but if you miss on trying to replicate that and getting someone, it's going to hurt. 
and, and, and it's going to hurt your team. I don't need to. And I know he only played six minutes. He probably would have played, what, maybe 12. So it's not like he plays a lot of minutes. But the ability to sit the whole game and then come in and just launch and change the trajectory of the game is huge. So I, I, I'm really conflicted on what to do in that scenario. I'm pretty sure they can figure it out. That kind of goes into the optimization I was talking about earlier in the video. But, I mean, Bertans is just – he's huge. It's huge how able he's able, how he's able to impact the game in the way he's able to do it. Literally doesn't play, gets up, scores, and then sits down, and then is a very active guy on the bench. And it seems like the teammates love him because they definitely give him the ball. Like, there is not – I don't think I've seen Bertans looked off once. If he's open, they're giving him the ball, and he's putting it up. And, and I love that. Whether he makes it, miss it, I honestly don't care. Obviously, of course, over the course of a season, if he's like shooting 27%, it's going, it's not going to have the same impact. But if he has a couple of games where he had like, I think the last game he was like one for five or something, and maybe last two games, I can live with that because he's going to do like he did tonight and be three for three. So I'll take it. Um, I think that's something we're going to have to figure out as a team. Uh, and then Seth Curry, I think he did his thing, just being that veteran guard. Because uh, even with Trey Mann, we do have a young guard. We we have a lot of young guards. Or, yeah, because it's Trey Mann, uh, Cody Barton kind of, I guess. Brandon Miller, not really a guard. But you get the point. Just a lot of guys in that little area. Of, we have, And then LaMelo, of course. Uh, we have Michich who, you know, is more of a veteran, but it's nice to have another, just another veteran guard that can shoot. That's another thing. His is a little easier. Um, I, I do like his defense. I think he he's pretty self-aware. He seems like a good veteran. It's Of course, you love the story between, you know, having Seth and Dale. But overall, I do think Seth Curry provides value. And at his, his you know, pay, I think it's like 4.5. Not mad at it. And I, and I probably would keep him. I don't think there's anybody I'm really it, it that's one of those things where if you do try to optimize that position by maybe trying to get a little cheaper or younger or whatever in that but play that same role, it, it's just not worth it. That's like at the bottom of the list compared to things we need to do. Rather bring him back for, you know, that 4.5 amount. It might even be less than that. It it sounds like it's a lot. And it might be even less than that. But you bring him back for that amount and just allow him to continue shoot, play defense. And kind of ball handling when he needs to when we're in between Demichich, Lamelo, uh, Cody Martin minutes. Because I, I do feel as though um, the reason he is doing a little more, you know, handling the ball a little more is because no Lamelo. I think once Lamelo comes back, it might dwindle down a little bit, or maybe they'll take it away from Cody. I don't know. We'll see. He's. I think Cody may be the better playmaker, but Seth is just a good veteran with the ball. He's he's going to make the right play, whether that's passing somebody open or whatever the case may be. I'm confident him making the right play. And then lastly, Michich, as I mentioned, did not shoot well. He was like one for eight, uh, could not hit the three at all. I don't even think he could hit a free throw, but he had eight assists. And while that's, you know, I'm not going to knock or pretend that him not hitting, you know, his shots is not a detriment, but he's his floor general ability. I, I don't think anybody on the team can do what he does outside of LaMelo. And that's that's just being honest. His the way he's able to command the attention of the opposing defense is something that I'm not going to say I've never seen before. That that'll be a lie, but I, it's something I haven't seen on this team, especially from someone who obviously isn't not a starter. And in this case, like I said, Lamelo Ball. It, I mean, it, it's just it's one of those things where we've seen out of every movement him make a different play. We've seen him go for a layup. 
And then at the same time, it, it in a split second, he dishes out to the open man in the corner. We've seen him go up, and it kind of looks like he's passing it, and he reels it in and does like a under the bat, you know, goes under the basket and lays it up that way. We his movement is just impossible. Like I know, like there's the triple threat move. His his just shooting mentality or whatever you want to call it. his shooting mechanics is is a triple threat move because you do have you have no idea what he's going to do and he passed the ball so fluidly I, I, I really his presence is literally what we need and we're going to need the offense to hit a little more we're going to need his shots to hit I, I don't think he's taking any bad shots he's just not hitting we're going to need that the ball you know we're going to need it to fall the shots to fall but I mean, as of right now, the threat itself of just having him on the floor and having him kind of command your offenses. I mean, he was plus 15 tonight despite being one for eight. In a game that was, you know, after the second half, it was up and down. There was times we were up five and then we were down six or times we were up seven and down eight. So him being plus 15 despite putting up the shooting performance he did, that tells you everything you need to know about Michic, in my opinion. But overall, thank you so much for watching this video. I mean, let me know what you thought about the game tonight. I am, rec yeah, I recorded it tonight, but as you as you all know, I am old, so I will not upload it tonight because I have to sit here and let it render and do all that stuff. So you will see this video tomorrow. Sorry kind of for the delay, but it is what it is until I figure something out. <laughs> I guess maybe, you know, I'll start uploading these at night, but overall, thank you so much for watching this video. Let me know what your thoughts are down in the comment section below. Um, we're, you know, I took a break from all-star. I know that, you know, previously I haven't been uploading like I needed to, and then I've started uploading now because I've, I've got my joy back, but I took a break for all-star as well, because there's some things around the house I needed to do. So I had to get up off my butt and do it. But we're, more content is coming your way. I've ordered a lot of different uh, kind of like tools and not not necessarily tools, uh, equipment, equipment to make better videos, make better content. So you will be seeing all the renditions of that. So please be patient with me as I kind of try to figure it all out. But the videos will not stop. They will just obviously change in, in uh, quality, hopefully for the better. But, you know, of course, there will probably be some hiccups on, along the way. Uh, once again, thank you so much for watching the video. And I will go ahead and do this podcast. And I'll see you guys next time, uh, probably after the Warriors game tomorrow. It will be Friday, so I might actually upload tomorrow, win or lose. But thank you so much for watching. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.